Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Yes FM. You're with Kath Kovac on Women's Voices this morning, the show where I talk to different women from all walks of life about the things that they do and how they are in the world today and just aiming to get uh, women's voices more um, visible, or should I say audible, on the radio. Uh, so this morning on Women's Voices, I'm talking with Sarah-Jane Cleland from the Southern Highlands. And Sarah-Jane is a naturopath and she's right into herbs and she is generally an awesome woman. But the thing that I want to talk to Sarah-Jane about this morning is about her practice and facilitation um, of conscious dance. So we will get on to that. But first of all, how are you going, Sarah-Jane? I'm good. And, um, yeah, just sorry to correct you straight up, but it's Sarah-Jane. Oh, (laughs) Sarah-Jane. I knew that, Sarah-Jane. I've only known you for, like, five years. It's okay. (laughs) Some people just start slipping into the Sarah-Jane quite easily. Thank you very much for for pulling me up. There's nothing worse than saying the wrong name, um, isn't it, the whole time. That reminds me of a silly story of my um, grandmother's funeral when the celebrant, there was only the family, very small family there, and the celebrant got her name completely wrong. Um, Like her name was Nancy and she was calling her... um, I don't know, Annie or something completely not her name. And like the first time and then we didn't say anything. And then it was like, oh, oh, and it got more and more and more awkward, you know, but then the more they said it, the less we could say anything. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. If I if I said halfway through, it's going to be very um, weird. <laughs> okay. Well, Sarah Jane, thank you so much for reminding me at the beginning. Um, how are you today? I'm good. Yeah, I'm feeling good. Awesome. And you, Kat? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here. I'm definitely here. So, um, yeah, so on Women's Voices this morning, Sarah Jane, uh, we're going to talk about conscious dance. And I know that this is a thing that that many people actually don't know what it is um, or what it can do for you. And I know that you know all about it. But if I just – I was thinking on the way here, you know, what is dance? And – and to me, I guess the definition of dance is really just moving your body to music in its most basic form. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about what conscious dance um, actually involves and how is it different to what people would normally think of when they think about dancing? Yeah, yeah. I guess um, one big thing that comes up is that you know, in our culture, in our society, generally people would dance, you know, at a wedding or dance at a party or dance to a band and there's often alcohol involved. Um, I mean, I am generalising, but that's the difference between, I guess, conscious dance is that you come along um, where you haven't had any alcohol at all and you're fully conscious or any um, drugs or anything like that because there's a lot of big raves and dance parties where people take all sorts of um um, drugs. So I guess that's a real differentiation is that you are completely conscious and sober and straight, I guess. Um, and um, yeah, because I do feel that people love to dance, but often those are the only opportunities where they get to dance is, um, you know, in social situations. Um, so it's a little bit more like, in a way, a yoga class or um, a workshop where you come into um, a hall and we actually, um, I'm playing music and I'm on a microphone and I'm facilitating and leading us through uh, a wave of music. Um, so often we start, um, yeah, and, and so there's many different forms of conscious dance um, and it's facilitated and led and you're encouraged just to move your body and dance to the music and the music is really inspiring and you feel like dancing. Um but it's sort of in a in a kind of a free form way where you might move through the space. You're not all just facing um, the desk where where I'm there with the mic. You know, you're moving around the room, or you're fa- dancing with other people. You're dancing alone. There's a real freedom to just do whatever dance you feel like and however you feel. Hmm. And. Yeah. Um- so that's interesting about because to me I actually thought and this is funny considering I've actually done conscious dance <laughs> with you on a couple of occasions I actually didn't realize that the consciousness was about coming with perfectly sober not that I'm saying I drank before I came or anything I didn't um but I thought actually that the conscious was more and I'm sure that this is part of it too um is more about just being consciously 
aware of your your body and your yourself and the music and what that makes you feel like moving rather than dancing um and when we think about it in a general sense when when a lot of other we almost like feel like you're performing in a sense because other people are looking at you is that part of it as well or is the conscious yeah that's, that is also a really big part of it i guess i was just thinking about if you've never been exposed to it why do they call it conscious dance uh-huh. and um, yeah, I guess, you know, you're, you're, there's a consciousness about it too of a, kind of evolving your um, your awareness and evolving as a person to become more of a conscious being as well. Yeah, mm. but you're exactly right. It is. It's not a performance because that's another thing with dance. And, uh, I mean, we're, we're all born to dance and sing and play music, um, but often it's only those that are particularly talented that we go and see in a performance, you know, um, like you're saying, someone who's a dancer and we go and watch a performance. So there is that distinction too that everyone can dance and everyone can sing and everyone can play music. It's just about being um, able to do that without being an excellent dancer or an excellent singer or an excellent um, player of music. Mm. Yeah, that really puts – it's a lot of sort of pressure, isn't it? Because you ask anyone and probably nine times you just go down the street and ask people, probably nine out of ten of them will say, oh, no, I can't dance, I can't mm-hmm. sing, I can't mm-hmm. play music. Um, and that's – it's really sad, isn't it? Yeah, it's sad because we've lost that ability to come together as humans and just dance or just sing or um, play music together, which is what we probably would have done in the past a lot more regularly and there's such a community feeling um it's a feeling of connection that comes with that with doing those things together Mm, yeah definitely and i definitely felt that when i have been to um one of your uh sessions sarah jane that feeling that even though you're dancing for yourself not for anybody else you still feel as though you are dancing, um, yeah, with with the other people in the room. It's like everyone comes together to make this sort of this special kind of space, hey? Yeah, it's a, like a co-creative process um, where we're kind of like building the energy together in the room and building this sort of feeling um, of being in community. Mm. So do you know about a bit about the history of this, where the conscious, conscious dance movement kind of started? Well, the part that I know is that um, there's a woman called Gabrielle Roth who was um, the founder of Five Rhythms Dance, and that was probably in the 70s and 80s that um, she actually worked in um, at a retreat in America with the founder of Gestalt Therapy, Um, And she was doing massage at that retreat and she started working a little bit with him. And Gestalt therapy is very much a body embodied focus counseling is my understanding of it. And through that um, working relationship, she evolved this whole practice called Five Rhythms, which is probably the most famous conscious dance in the world. Um, and yeah, I mean, there was, there has been dance and dance therapy well before that, but I guess the popularity of it really came about through the five rhythms because that was spread around the world. And, um, yeah, it became quite well, relatively well known. It's the main form of conscious dance at the moment, five rhythms. And so, Jane, tell us. Why was it that um, or what happened to that that became into your awareness and and how you decided to think, oh, I'm going to do this. This sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I've, I'm a massage therapist and a naturopath and I've been doing that for a good 20 years. Um, and then I started to become more interested in uh, kahuna massage, which is a Hawaiian style of massage where you actually do move rhythmically around the body offering the massage. So you're using your forearms and you're kind of dancing around the body and the music is quite important Um, and it's a free-flowing type of massage, kahuna massage, um, Hawaiian-style massage. And so I did a course in that and about that time I was going through menopause as well. Um, So I was quite open to lots of, you know, lots of experiences Um, And I heard about this uh, 
re- these retreats that were running called Blue, Blue Gum Bushcraft down around um, the Butterwangs, and they were run by Gina Chick and Lee, I uh, can't remember Lee's surname, but, you know, she's the famous woman, now famous, who won alone. Um, and so Gina Chick was running these family camps, um, and a friend of mine was going to them, and she said to me, oh, she's running these camps for women as well, or these retreats for women. And one of them was called a Wild Woman Retreat. And I was like, wow, that sounds pretty interesting. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I want to be a wild woman. Um, and so I went to Gina Chick's retreat. And at the retreat, we did lots of different processes. But one of the main things that really inspired me was that twice a day at 9 o'clock in the morning, um, she got out these really big speakers and she put them on the side of the hill and we were outside under the trees in the bush and she put them there and turned them up really loud and her only instruction was, um, you know, we stood in a circle and she said, let your head hang. Let's just try that. Let your head hang and be loose. And basically if your head's hanging and your head's quite loose, um, you will step out of your mind and into your body. And that was her only instruction. And then she played this amazing uh, playlist, two hours of full-on music. (laughs) And it was really um, like uh, something shifted in me where I was dancing with the trees, I was dancing with the leaves, I was making sounds by um, sort of bringing my fingers through the leaves and I was laying on the earth. Um, Women were, you know, yelling and screaming and it was quite – it was 9 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) And, yeah, it was quite a cathartic sort of process Um, and we did it twice and I loved every minute of it and I loved that land where we were. Um, Clyde River Retreat was where we were. And so I went up to her afterwards and I said, wow, what was that? That was just awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I've been looking for that. (laughs) And she said, oh, that's five rhythms. Um, And so after that retreat, I just Googled five rhythms in Sydney and um, I met Michelle Maher, who's one of the main teachers in Sydney, um, and went to a few workshops um, and just started becoming involved. But it all started with Gina Chick, and it's lovely that she's now so well known. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so I'm rubbing, rubbing with, rubbing up with fame. <laughs> yeah, talking about name dropping, right? <laughs> oh, and yes, FM, you're with Kathy Kovac on Women's Voices, and we're chatting to Sarah Jane Cleland about conscious dance or getting out of your mind into your body without the, um, shall I say, uh, normally confidence raising. Um, effects of alcohol or any other stimulant. Um, Sarah Jane, do you find that people take some time to, like first timers, if they rock up to a conscious dance event, um, do they take some time to really get into it? And, and how do you go about making them feel comfortable enough to actually do that and get out of their minds and into their body? Mm. Yeah, I think um, at the beginning I always explain where we're going. Like there is an ele- – the form of conscious dance I do is called Dancing Freedom, so it's a little bit different from Five Rhythms um, because the Five Rhythms is, you know, the rhythm of flow and staccato, chaos, lyrical and stillness. And I, even though I love Five Rhythms, you know, I'm not a really intellectual type of person, so I didn't quite understand. I'd never heard – I wasn't very musical – I hadn't even really heard of staccato. I didn't even know what that was. So when I came across Dancing Freedom and the wave for Dancing Freedom was earth, water, fire, air and ether, I thought, well, I really get that. You know, I can really resonate with that. And so Dancing Freedom is slightly different from Five Rhythms, mainly because of the elements, uh, but also in Dancing Freedom, we always start on the earth and finish on the earth. And there's a little bit more ceremony around Dancing Freedom. Um, and often there's a theme with the playlist that we're working with. Um, so there's a little bit of differentiation. But So I explained that in the beginning of the class, that that's where we're going to be going. Um, you know, I also explain that you can't do it wrong. That's the only kind of rule of Dancing Freedom. It can't, you can't do it wrong. Um, and I guess everyone feels self-conscious probably the first time they do it. 
it's a natural feeling to be like, well, this is a bit weird. It's nine o'clock in the morning and I'm with a bunch of people in a hall um, and some people seem to be very comfortable and some people don't. And so you naturally will feel a little bit self-conscious. So I think just putting that up there at, in forefront that you may feel like that and to come to your breath and come to your senses, like use your body. What are you feeling? What are you hearing? Um, yeah, and to use your breath as well. So just to accept that you probably will feel a bit self-conscious and then through the process um, with the microphone and the facilitation, offering suggestions, you know, for example, um, let's move into our hips and start doing a hip dance or a knee dance. What does that look like? And and everything is an invitation on the microphone. But when you're new, those invitations really do help because you get to try it out or you get to um, listen to what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm. Right. So it's good so that people can have something to actually follow and not feel that they need to know what to do. That's right. Yeah. And how do you feel, Sarah Jane, when you're facilitating? I mean, it must be different than when you're actually just participating in somebody else's conscious dance. Um, what's the sort of difference for you, or, or how do you feel when you're when you're facilitating one of these sessions? Yeah, yeah, I've already created the playlist, so I know what music's coming next, and often I'm quite um, strict about. It has to be a really good dance. It has to make me want to dance. And if it if it's not doing that for me, then don't pick that track. Like, um, so for me, it sort of inspires dance. So I feel that I'm kind of in the process as well, and I'm dancing and participating. But at the same time, I'm holding the space and I'm watching what people are doing and how they're responding, and then I'm using my facilitation to. Uh, address what I see on the dance floor. If people start drifting off and wandering and they don't seem like they're present, then I might bring in facilitation to bring people into the here and now. Um, yeah, that sort of thing. So, yeah, I love it. I really love it because especially when I see how much joy people are getting or how much uh, they're willing to go into painful emotions and release them through their body uh yeah it feels really empowering to me to be able to facilitate and yeah co-create that space that allows for those um, expressions and those emotions Mm, can you tell us more about that how people can release emotions through dance yeah so i guess from my understanding of being a massage therapist, we do hold a lot of emotions and trauma in our body, and there's a lot coming out about that. There's a book, um, something about we keep the score or someone the body keeps the score. Um, so this understanding that, yeah, the body often will hold trauma or hold memories of pain. And, you know, when you do trauma work, you do see that people and animals actually when something happens to them, they release through shaking or through movement and then they move on. Uh, it's a natural kind of mechanism to use movement and shaking and there's a whole, um, I think it's Stephen Levine, I hope I've got his first name right, but a trauma therapist who does shaking movements to help people release trauma. So there is a lot stored in our body and the movement and the expression of the movement helps us to shift and move emotions. So sometimes you might be dancing and all of a sudden you just get this memory or this feeling and you feel emotional and you, you're allowed on the dance floor to express those emotions, to be with those emotions and to let them move through you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, very different to trying to remember the steps and, and go the right direction at the right time, hey? <laughs> Yeah, I can't. I almost can't do that anymore. I tried to go to a tribal fusion dance class, and I couldn't. I, what's, I tri- what's tribal? Fu- what's tribal fusion dance? I haven't heard of that. Yeah, it's sort of like a belly dancing uh, type of dance, and it's steps as well and moves, and very much belly dancing type of moves. And yeah, I just I know it's good for your brain to learn new things, but I find that I just love that freedom of moving my body where it wants to move and how it wants to move and actually following my body 
Mm. I do a lot of myofascial, uh, myofascial releases and it feels like the dance can almost be a complete unwinding process like a massage, a craniosacral therapy massage. The dance can offer you the opportunity to move into parts of your body where you're holding tension, where you're holding emotion and find movements that unwind and release that. If you can listen um, deeply enough to your body, it will take you to where you need to go and allow you to release that tightness, that holding, and that may come up in the form of memories or emotions or just a movement that feels really good or feels painful, but you want to go into it deeper and deeper. Mm. Yeah, just while you're saying that about movement, I'm finding myself actually moving my body <laughs> in the studio. Yeah, <laughs> Like just sort of turning my shoulders and, and feeling the stiffness and all that kind of thing. And I guess the other thing about dancing, isn't it, um, like any movement, is that it helps. This is Yas FM 100.3. Bringing Move you your best. organs inside and all the sitting that we do, I mean, it's not only sort of bad for us generally fitness-wise, but also our organs are kind of quite stagnant, hey? And when you're moving, and especially when you are doing those sort of hip, can you hear in my voice that I'm doing it now? <laughs> okay, there's nobody else here in the studio too. This is why I like radio and not video. <laughs> um, that, that you know, our organs sort of get stuck. Now, you mentioned a couple of technical terms before, so I just want to go back because one of the things that I like to do is to explain – um, you know, any technical terms so that everyone in the audience can understand. Um, you mentioned myofacial release. Is that right? Mm. Can you tell us yeah. what that is? Yeah, so um, the myo is mu- refers to muscle, but surrounding all of the muscles uh, is connective tissue, is like a fascia fascia or a connect- type of connective tissue, almost like a, a sock covering or a stocking covering every muscle but the fascia is completely all connected to each other mm-hmm. so they often explain it that if you've got a jumper and you uh, release one corner of the jumper and it starts unraveling and it gets out of shape you know that one corner of the jumper affects the other opposite side of the jumper so I don't know if I'm explaining it that well but <laughs> basically the fascia is connective tissue and it's it's all connected to each other so if you get a massage and you're just focusing on the muscles sometimes you don't get the results because you haven't stretched out the fascia or released the fascia or tapped into that connective tissue and softened the fascia which is holding the muscles Mm. that would be myofascia massage or myofascial massage I pronounce things a little bit weirdly oh that's okay and is that so it's a different kind of form of massage altogether is it yeah generally it's slow um slow deep pressure along fascia lines yeah mm, okay mm. and what was the other bit i heard oh cranial yeah. yeah now obviously something so, to do with the i'm i'm thinking head and back here but is that correct that's right. Between the cranium and the sacrum is uh, our whole nervous system is bathed in a fluid called the craniosacral fluid. And because that is connected to all of our nervous system, um, we can tap in by holding under the cranium or holding the sacrum. We can. It's a very gentle, light feeling, almost an energetic massage, but you're feeling this uh, subtle movement a flow of movement the tidal wave or the wave they call it which is a craniosacral wave where the fluid is coming in and out in and out and you can tap into that by holding someone's cranium and then what can happen is you start to get slight shifts in that wave or the body the person goes into a craniosacral release where they start turning their head um and yeah, and it's like they're not doing it, their body is doing it. So their body will release um, for them and it's they're releasing kind of held memories, trauma, patterns. Um, yeah, I don't like to kind of think or intellectualise it too much because it, it's not really 
I'm not very good at that. And also it kind of doesn't, it's more of a felt sensation for me and for the clients as well. Um, and they feel like a release or something happens in their life a couple of days later or weeks later where something shifts. So it's tapping into that craniosacral fluid, which is bathing all of our nervous system. So there's something about the nerves and um, that kind of stored memory and the brain and trauma. That's I mean, sorry, but I'm not very good at explaining it. I kind of, it's a felt thing. And people either really love it and they get a lot from it or people don't really get much from it. And so everyone's slightly different. People, they use it a lot for migraines, headaches, tinnitus, anything, a lot to do with the, the brain and the brain health as well. Mm. No, um, and no apologies needed. This is an apology-free zone on Women's Voices, <laughs> Hurricane. <laughs> no, you explain things very well. <laughs> On Yes FM, if you've just tuned in, we're speaking with Sarah Chang Cleveland, a naturopath and massage massage therapist and conscious dance facilitator from the Southern Highlands. And we've been talking about conscious dance, what it is and what it can um, what it can do for you, which sounds like an awful lot. Um, Sarah Jane, what's the oddest place do you think that you facilitated a conscious dance session? The what place? The, the oddest place or the weirdest oddest place. place. Mm-hmm. As opposed um, to a hall. Mm, um, yeah, probably the best place <laughs> <laughs> um, is there's a couple of properties around my area. There's one in Avoca called Springfields, which is a very, very expensive uh, retreat. Uh, it's up for sale, actually, um, and it's got an infinity pool. It's it's just it's got this amazing fireplace, um, a big fire pit with logs that you sit on and an expansive view where we can see the sun going down, the sun setting in the west and the moon rising in the east. And every time we go there, we get these amazing clear nights with big, bright, open skies with lots of stars. And, yeah, I find that a really magical place to do conscious dance, to be out on the earth around a fire under the stars, watching the sun go down and the moon come up at the same time. You know how we get that lovely thing in Australia where um, the sun rises and the moon rises, the sun sets and the moon rises at the same time, or if you get up at dawn, the sun's rising and the moon's setting. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that time of time of the month. Um, so there's that place. And then there's another one, which is an outdoor education camp, which is around a fire as well, but surrounded by these big gum trees. Uh, so that's quite magical too. So they're the yeah. I don't think they're odd. I don't know if I've got any odd places actually. Or maybe I know what's an odd one. <laughs> Is that wise women's gathering? Mainly <laughs> <laughs> because it's uh, it's it's not the best hall to do the dancing in, but it still works. I mean, we've made it work by bringing beautiful fairy lights. But, you know, it's such a high ceiling and it's such a space that's been used probably for 40 years by so many kids. Um, it's like stepping back into the 70s, that, <laughs> that, that camp, outdoor education camp, which I love. But it is a bit strange to be offering conscious dance there. Uh, <laughs> Do, so it, it, it feels like it, it's something that that needs kind of a more intimate space, even though it also works outside, like you're saying with the sun and the fire and the moon, perhaps the fire and, and that, that kind of act of dancing around the fire makes, makes it more of an intimate space. Do you think? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be like, I've been to big events in Sydney where you might have, you know, 150 people in these big halls. Um, but it's something about that hall being the high, the ceiling being very high and no insulation in the roof. You know, it's like mm. a shed, basically, mm. that hall. Um, and so the sound, the sound's okay. It sounds pretty good. I mean, it's wonderful still. I love doing it there and I love having 80 women dancing. Uh, but do you know what I mean? Like it's a bit of a weird venue in a way. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Sarah Jane mentioned, yeah, the Wise Men's Gathering, which is I have mentioned several times on this show. Um and this is actually where I met Sarah Jane uh, years ago um, when she was doing one of her other uh, interesting things, which was showing us how to make fermented food. You are a woman of many talents, Sarah Jane. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, I love Wise Women's Gathering. Like, that's just a high, one of the highlights of my year. And I love offering the dance there. It's, it is it is great. It's just an odd, odd building is all I'd say, but mm-hmm. actually it works well and we have a great time and the sound is fine. So I, w- I wouldn't be put off by that. <laughs> mm, mm. No, no, no. That's no, a wonderful thing to go to. Um, so tell me, um, you said before that the five – no, I'm sorry, not the five rhythms, but the one that you do. Um, Dancing Freedom. So, yeah. Thank you. Dancing Freedom. Um, talks about going going through water, uh, I'm sorry, earth, air, fire, water, ether. Uh, can you explain a bit more about what ether is? Yeah, yeah. So it's actually, it starts with earth. And then it's the earth is like the stability, the foundation, uh, the kind of beginning. And then, and that's often where you're lying on the actual floor or you're sitting on the floor, you're connecting with the earth. And then we move into the water, which is more flowing. Uh, the music's a bit more groovy, a bit, uh, yeah, flowing is the best way to describe it. For water, and then we move into fire, which is a little bit more intense music, a little bit more of a shaking or a loosening effect with our body, and the the music is kind of much faster and more energized, and that's the peak of the wave. And then we come down the other side to the air element, which is more spacious and opening, and you know, often we feel emotional at that point because we're released through the shaking and through the fire element. And the air is moving and playful and expansive. And then we come right down to ether, which is in five rhythms, that stillness. And ether is sort of the meditative state. And it's where we experience oneness with existence or we kind of drop right into realizing that we're a spirit body or being in this physical body. Mm. So ether is the element of space and it is part of the elements but it's beyond the elements because it's something a little bit unknown it's so expansive i mean we're on this little planet and there's all that space out there so um yeah it's quite a an interesting element but it's at the end and often people do feel that they drop into a very meditative space often people call conscious dance a moving meditation I guess that's because you are really dropping into your own body and the awareness of your body, the awareness of breathing, the awareness of it, this experience, and it really kind of lands in the ether element. Yeah, so the ether is almost kind of like the universe. Mm. Yeah, this this bigger this bigger meaning to life than just a physical earth existence. Mm. And how do you feel when you see people go through these phases? Can you actually sort of see what's happening with them? Do you see them moving, you know, very differently sort of by that that end phase, that ether phase? Can you feel it and see it in the room? Yeah, yeah, you definitely feel it in the room. There's like a, a sort of a feeling of sacredness and reverence for life and there's a feeling of us coming together as as a one humanity in a way. Um, so you do. And you see the beautiful thing is that over time when you see people year after year and you do see them change, you know, that's quite remarkable to see people change and go through different parts of their life and different um, issues and come through that, I guess. And using the dance or being in the dance community, that's where you notice it and you see it. Or people come to your class and they've been coming for for a year or two and you see things shift and change. Mm, yeah, it sounds really powerful. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful practice. Um, and so how often would you run these kinds of events, Sarah Jane? Yeah, so normally I run them once a month because I'm. it's a small community here in the Southern Highlands uh, and they're often around the full moon so that we can be outdoors in summer and then we go back into halls in winter. Um, but I also run a five-week women's embodiment journey, which is something I really love doing because it brings together many of my skills. It's It's five weeks and we do an element each week and the process is that we start with a meditation 
And often I'll do a visualization type of meditation on the element. So if we're doing earth, we might imagine ourselves as trees anchoring, rooting down through the earth and that sort of thing, like a visualization, because I was a yoga teacher as well. So, and with the teaching yoga, I always loved the yoga nidra and the, uh, you know, the kind of meditative side of yoga and the relaxation side of yoga. So I love offering that visualization meditation. And then we do a women's sharing circle and then we do a 45 minute dance. And it's, it's great because it's all those things that I love doing. I mean, I love facilitating women's circles as well. And yeah, and then the dance woven into that. So I offer those once a term, uh, five weeks once a term for the whole year. So they're, they're really uh, beautiful because many women are coming back month after month or term after term. And we're developing a real sense of community and support and connection and we're being able to hold each other through you know difficult and challenging times in our lives that sounds absolutely beautiful Mm. and with the um the conscious dance so not the the one you're just describing with the women but a conscious dance event you normally would hold so they are open to women and men Yes, yes. And in fact, in Sydney, there's quite a lot of men that are involved in that community. There's more like, you know, two thirds women, one third men. Um, It's a little bit more challenging in a small town. We probably get one or two men out of uh, 15 women. (laughs) (laughs) Are they exceptionally brave men? Yeah, yeah, they are. Or their partners. (laughs) (laughs) Dragged along. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it's beautiful to have men in this space. Um, yeah, it brings another dynamic and, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it, it's quite powerful. Mm. What I find I like about when I've been to doing conscious dance is mostly the feeling that you don't actually have to do, do, you know, anything particularly. I've spent a lot of time just lying on the floor. <laughs> Just even really just rocking very slowly or maybe only moving, you know, my arms or my shoulders or something for, for very much of the time and finding that that's, you know, s- still okay. I don't feel like that I have to actually dance as such in the traditional way of people thinking of, you know, dancing around the room. Um, yeah. I don't really have to do that. And I still feel like that I get quite a lot out of it yeah yeah that's the beauty people often say things like oh i felt so non not judged like i could do anything i wanted to within reason of course you know you're not going to um go around like bumping into people (laughs) (laughs) um yeah within reason you know everything's welcome and there's a real freedom in that uh and i really feel that in our society and in our world at the moment, there's so much conditioning, there's so much, oh, we should do this and we should do that and we should be like this. And then there's so much social media saying, oh, no, but you could do this and you could be that. And just to actually kind of have the freedom to be yourself and and, and, and yourself changes each day or each time you come to the dance floor, you might, you might feel today you just want to lay on the floor the whole time. Or today you really want to dance with other people more. Or today you just want to dance on your own. And all is welcome. And that non-judgmental, all is welcome space is really liberating, actually. Yeah, it, it is. And, I mean, I suppose you can do a version of Conscious Dance at home in that you can just, when you're alone at home, you can put on any music that you like and dance in any crazy, <laughs> silly way that you like. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> which can be quite a release as well but it's another kind of thing doing it and feeling comfortable and um in a space where yeah where generally we would either experience judgment directly or even think that we're experiencing judgment even if we're not because that's what people are mostly worried what other people are thinking about them even though I always say you know, to, to my kids, no, those people aren't thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. Yeah. <laughs> but you still can't help feeling that, 
you know, when you're in any of those other places dancing, um, except maybe, you know, if you're off your head at the wedding, then you don't, people don't really care then either. <laughs> but, but it is a different kind of, um, thing, isn't it? Having it in a space where you can feel more confident that, that people aren't, are really not there to judge you and that everyone is there just to experience something that's for themselves, but also experience it together. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, that's true. Like we can dance on, and it's great to, to put that music on and have a dance at home. But that idea that, you know, we could all be monks and if we lived in a monastery, but it's the real world and real life where we find the challenges and where it becomes not so easy to be uh, a beautiful, you know, kind, <laughs> calm human being. It's sort of in those relationships with people and in those interactions with people and so by coming together to dance we kind of mirror that or we start to play with that or explore that because it's called a dance practice so it's the practice for real life um and that's what i meant i i and didn't say it but i often say to people when men are in the space it's a really good opportunity to dance with a man and somehow you can dance through issues that you might be having with your own partner. And it's it's not a sexual thing. It's more that there's the energetics of dancing together can unravel and reveal ways that you're relating to your partner. It's It's sort of beyond the mind too. It's not like a thinking thing. It's a felt thing and it's an embodied thing. And our body knows how to do it and how to resolve or address issues and sometimes we just need to put the mind aside and actually embody it and feel it. And so I think that's the beauty of coming together in community is we get to reflect off each other. And we also, I mean, I feel you can start to feel more confident about yourself by allowing yourself to be seen by others in the, in the group. And there's something about that confidence and empowerment of being with other people as well compared to dancing on your own at home. Mm, yeah, that's very true. Um, here on SFM, we've been having a very interesting discussion with Sarah Jane about conscious dance. I, I remember the first time I did anything like this, which was not actually a conscious dance, but it was called Dancing in the Dark. And it was in Canberra many years ago with a friend and basically people just rocked up to this hall and there was a, you paid $5 towards the DJ and then, um, the lights were off. They weren't, it wasn't black, black. You could see just enough to not hit other people. <laughs> and then all we did was dance and people were not at all dressed up like just tracky pants or, or, um, sneakers or whatever. And I'd actually just come from a Tai Chi class, uh, that I'd just done then to the dancing, which was very interesting because I actually found myself doing all this dancing and incorporating all these Tai Chi moves. It was very cool. But that that was my first experience of, of I was like, oh, people really aren't looking at what I'm doing because, A, it's kind of dark and so it's a bit hard for them. Um, you could if you really wanted to, but really people are just here. And so it wasn't at all the same thing as a facilitated conscious dance. It was just music and just doing whatever. Um, but, but to me, that was a bit of an amazing thing. It was the first time I'd ever heard that people could come together and, and just dance and, and do it for themselves. Um, so, and now they call it no lights, no lycra. I think it still happens <laughs> in Canberra. Yeah, I, I, I didn't go again. I only, oh, no, you know, I mean, I could have, but I just didn't. And, um, so, but I found that the conscious dance was another kind of level of experience. Um, being because with you facilitating or, or any conscious dance facilitator taking you through it it's like it takes away that oh I don't know what to do like you were saying before like people who haven't done it the first time appreciate those sorts of guidances of what you could do um, not what you have to do and it just makes you feel more I guess uh, a bit more held and a bit more safe with having that mm. Mm. And often the facilitation, you know, you might be feeling tired and you, well, you're kind of like energy is a bit low and then encouraging people to kind of like shake it up a little bit or loosen up and let go of the trying to do it and just, um, yeah, yeah, that can be really useful as well. Mm. And what you were saying before about it being 
the practice as well. It's the, it's very similar, isn't it? The same kind almost thing. And you did call the dancing meditation in motion that in meditation as well, that's also called a practice because the whole people often think that the goal of meditation is to empty your mind of thoughts, which is actually impossible. But in fact, if there is a goal as such, it's more about that the time that you spend on meditating, whether it be on a cushion or lying down or wherever you do it, is really just a practice for for real life, isn't it? Daily life. I mean, if you are getting fantastic meditative experiences and you're transported to these places of bliss and whatever, I mean, I've been meditating for 20 years and none of that's happened to me yet. <laughs> but I keep trying. And um, but it's the it's the experiences in daily life, isn't it? That that when people do something that that um, really gets your goat or you know some kind of challenging situation that you have that space and that time then that you can just take a breath and decide what to do rather than just sort of react, knee-jerk reaction off, which is cause of so many issues, um, that that, yeah, that that practice of meditation is, is practicing for that. So the dancing is, is um, almost just like a, a more physical, physical way of meditating, hey? Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the aim is when you meet people in the conscious dance community, people are really, uh, they're aiming to become more conscious human beings, you know, to be more aware, to be, to be, um, more kind and, um, yeah, considerate and conscious, I guess, of the whole of life and living, uh, yeah, and aware, awareness, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it is a spiritual practice in a way, but it doesn't mean that you, have to you know you could just come for the fun of being able to exercise in a fun way you know you it's you're in everyone can come for lots of different reasons um but i would suggest that it's much better than going to the gym <laughs> more fun. Oh, oh, a lot more. <laughs> if you like to dance and you don't have an opportunity you know there's not many opportunities and a lot of people say that to me oh yeah, I used to love to dance. <laughs> and I think, oh, you can still dance. <laughs> you can. And I guess that's when the, the, there is sort of not that many spaces, is there? I mean, we've sort of uh, gone from the place, from the times when there was always a weekly Saturday dance or whatever. And, you know, I saw mm. an amazing thing just last night um, on social media, of course, uh, of a nightclub in England and it had had a night where it was just for the over 60s. Mm. And so nobody, you had to be under over 60 to enter and the guy was checking, you know, IDs. <laughs> 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 and, you know, and they played, I mean, let's face it, people over 60 aren't, that, aren't really old, are they? And <laughs> the music is pretty much what we hear on the radio half the time anyway. Um, so they were just, you know, doing a, a whole bunch of um, of great dancing and having fun and there was sort of 80 and 90-year-old people um, at the disco who'd said they'd never been to a disco in their life and, and you know, that they just discovered it was so much fun because we don't have these weekly dances or these, all these things that we used to have as a rule where you could could go out. Like it seems like yeah. that's not really much of a thing anymore, which is, which is sad. And that, yeah, weddings – um, and perhaps, you know, when if you go see a band or about the only times when really, you know, that you can dance unless yeah. you do go to a class um, or something yeah, like that. There's not even that many bands anymore. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, unless you go to a very big expensive concert. Um, yeah. yeah. Not really. The local pub doesn't really have the bands yeah. anymore yeah. much. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think getting people moving and active is so important and, and people of all ages. And, yeah, like you said, there used to be kind of dances in, in rural areas where there'd be a weekly kind of dance or a weekly gathering or maybe it wasn't every week, but it would be a regular kind of event to go to a dance. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, that sorts of things certainly seem to have been out of the way. So, Sarah Jane, thank you so much. We're just about run out of time. I'm going to play a song before we finish. Um, and I'm just looking at my CD here. Uh, I have a CD of uh, Triple J's Like a Version, <laughs> which I love those songs. And I was going to play one song, but I've just changed it to um, Dancing in the Dark by Tegan and Sarah because it's just... <laughs> 
variety of all the things we've been talking about today. Um, so, you know, maybe people uh, listening can try a little bit of conscious dance. Um, sorry, Jane, if people... have a dance, even if you're just using your driving or you're using your arm or your head or your neck. Yeah, that's right. You can just dance with your little finger. Um, sorry, Jane, if people are interested in, in contacting you to find out more about uh, conscious dance, how can they do that? Um, probably the best is my website, which has a lot of different things on it, but it definitely has the conscious dance, and that's um, sarahjanecleland.com.au is my website. Is there a dash between Sarah and Jane on your website? No, okay. just one so word. S-A-R-A-J-A-N-E. Yep. C-L-E-L-A-N-D.com.au? Yep. Yes, that's it. Yeah, okay, great. Well, thank you, um, Sarah Jane, for coming on to YasFM this morning and talking to us about Conscious Dance. I hope that uh, everyone has enjoyed our conversation and you can try a little bit of dancing to this track here. As I said, Tegan and Sarah, um, Dancing in the Dark, and I shall see you next week. Thanks so much, Pat. I really enjoyed it. Get up in the evening And I ain't got nothing to say I come home in the morning I go to bed feeling the same way I ain't nothing but tired I'm just tired and bored with myself Hey that baby Something happened somewhere